everybody and welcome back to the Agility Rose Talk and Train podcast. So this week's episode, episode six, um, is going to be about my first agility dog Darcy and the lessons I learned with her. So um, I've wanted to dedicate a podcast episode to Darcy ever since the beginning of starting this. Um, she is really the biggest inspiration for me and she got me, obviously got me into agility and there's lots of things I kind of learned along the way with her that I hope helps people who are just starting agility with their first agility dogs and I hope it gives you um, some things to look forward to and some tips and, and whatnot. Um, but before we get started, I do have two very exciting announcements actually. So the first exciting announcement is that I am now officially sponsored by Naylor Agility and that includes the podcast too. So the podcast is also sponsored by Naylor Agility too and they are a UK based uh, agility equipment company. They produce tunnels mainly and jumps. They also produce things like wobble boards and small um, fun little seesaws and stacking blocks. So I actually bought my first tunnel from Naila Agility back in COVID. I wanted to invest at the time into a really good quality um, piece of equipment that I could use to kind of keep going in my training. Obviously lockdowns were happening, there was no agility training whatsoever at clubs or anything. Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a small green outside my house and a smallish garden, um, enough to fit a tunnel in. Um, so I invested in a three meter tunnel as my first agility tunnel from Naylor and it has definitely seen me through COVID and without a doubt it's probably the same quality as I bought it. Um, the colour has been incredible, it has not faded a single bit. Um, in terms of wear and tear there has been none of that. Um, Rain is quite a strong spaniel I would say and he's very um, unforgiving on the equipment if you like um he plows through it he does not care um so yeah so it's really kind of lasted me and i was really impressed with the quality of it um something that neil is kind of stand out for in my opinion is how kind of durable their equipment is um and in terms of storage it's been really easy to store as well um fits in my shed really nice and easy doesn't take up much room um, they're really good in terms of like weatherproof so that tunnel is sat out in my field um, all year round it's barely been packed away until I brought it home again um, from my field to use in my garden again um, and it is honestly it's lasted very well um, and I would definitely say in terms of equipment wise from what I've invested it is by far the best equipment that I've bought so far um, they do lots of various styles of agility tunnels so they have um, complete non-slip half non-slips and your generic um, agility tunnels um, and I just I can't kind of say how how excited I am to be um, sponsored by them I'm really excited to share more information about them um, in terms of what they kind of do for um, agility um, nailers have been very generous and are going to be sending out a tunnel to me so I will be able to test and share some more details around them um, so if you are interested or if you want to know any more questions by all means pop me a message um, and again thank you to Nailers for sponsoring us and the second really nice 
announcements and exciting announcement I have is that Rain is now grade four. So at the weekend, um, we went up to Performance Agility for their debut show in Northallerton and Rain managed to gain us lots of points. Um, he was a really good boy and um, we had some really exciting and fun runs um, on some really cool and a couple of international courses. Um, so yeah, so with rain i've gone up each time actually going via the point system so if you're not aware um i'll just discuss this because i do get asked a couple of times um in the uk in kennel club agility you can go up from grades two to four using agility points so in rain circumstances um bless him he's always the bridesmaid never the bride <laughs> if you like um so in my opinion I think Rain is more than capable of the high grade courses, his skills are there. Um, it tends to be in grade one to four, you get lots of kind of open, very kind of blasty courses, if you like. Um, and while we're struggling with his kind of confidence and getting him to his full speed in the ring, <clears throat> um, he always tends to be beaten, bless him. And it's usually because his first like half of the round isn't his usual self. Um, and he's had a really, he's had a few um, moments in the last like year that he's been so close to having those wins, um, and we've just been pipped to the um, post. So, yeah, so he has had at both grades, he's had a win, um, agility win at each grade. And I think um, for, I think it's for his grade three he did have two agility wins towards grade three he just needed one more win of anything um but i worked out that he could go up on points um <clears throat> following the show at the weekend so i was more than happy with that because he has proven to me in terms of kind of consistency and skills level um both of his wins in grade three have been in the three to five classes not the one to threes or anything like that so I definitely think we're capable and we're ready to kind of take on the challenge of some higher level courses and I can't wait to hopefully get through the grades I mean it would be a dream to make grade seven within one day um, and I'll discuss kind of some reasons about that because I never have been a grade seven hand believe it or not um, after all these years of doing agility <laughs> um, so yeah so it'd be really nice to kind of work for our levels but yes with points you need I think it's a hundred points um, and I think half of them so 50 points need to be in agility so Rain has um, always been quite consistent in terms of his agility classes compared to my previous dog Darcy and um, it's not something I'd ever really considered previously but with him um, it meant that he could get up the grades in, not in a quicker way I mean we have you know we have very much um, done our due in, in grades one to three um, especially given you know he had his first season in 2021 and um, we did just jump ins and stuff and um, that was kind of gaining his experience and then this year um, we've gained lots more experience again and I definitely think we're ready for the next challenge um, so it'll be really nice to start next year hopefully in grade four maybe five if I'm being um, super optimistic over winter <laughs> um, but yeah I definitely am looking forward to the challenge so I'm really proud of him for that um, so here's me waffling on about um, grades and stuff um, we'll get Get back to the topic in question which is um, lessons I've learned from my first agility dog that I am still using to this day or trying to learn from with my current dogs so yeah let's get into it 
So for anyone who's just started listening um, or hasn't kind of followed me before, um, you might not know who Darcy is, but she was um, my first agility dog. Originally on Instagram, I was actually called Darcy Agility and it all started with her. So um, I got Darcy not for my 13th birthday, but I got around my 13th birthday using money I'd kind of saved up um, and from obviously um, that was gifted to me. So I was very fortunate to be able to purchase Darcy myself and obviously with my parents' permission, I'd been desperate for another dog um, after losing our first dog, Louie, um, to cancer a couple of years prior. Um, so when I went to pick Darcy, she essentially chose me. Um, I was holding her sister who we'd originally inquired about and my mum was holding Darcy at the time when we first arrived. And her sister is cute. She wasn't really that fussed by me. Um, so when we put the puppies down on the floor, um, Darcy just charged over to me, sat in my lap and gave me the biggest kiss and that was it, that, the rest is history. So I always think everything happens for a reason and she certainly was my biggest reason in life because I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Um, and I think everyone feels like that with your first children's dog especially because they open you up to a world where you'll have never kind of experienced before. I know for me, I always really struggled in school because I never really felt like I fitted in with other kids and um, in terms of hobbies and stuff, um, I wasn't a great dancer. <laughs> um, I wasn't very athletic in terms of like proper sports, like swimming, netball and anything like that. I wasn't much of um, an athlete in that sense, um, but I'd always had a huge love for animals. Um, and yeah, so finding Darcy and finding agility changed my life completely and it's made me who I am today and given me lots of opportunities so yeah I definitely think your first agility dog will open your world completely and obviously any dog will do that um in terms of you know you might find your second dog will open you up even more but um that first dog without a doubt will completely change your life um or at least it did for me um so yeah, so Darcy was a cockapoo. She was medium height and agility. So I would definitely say Darcy was a strong character. She was um, the type of dog who knew what she wanted and she wasn't gonna do it for free. She was very poodle-like in that sense, if you wish. And she taught me so many skills and, and lessons as we're gonna share now. But yeah, the first one we'll get into is consistency. So. One thing I paid for big time because I didn't listen and I got too excited was letting contacts and criteria go in the ring. Now, being consistent is the biggest gift you can give yourself for the future of your career because if you make sure in the initial stages of kind of learning to compete and beginning a competition journey with your dog, that everything is you know you keep every criteria to the exact what you would have in in training you'll find you'll get through stages much quicker so with Darcy we was very lucky at the time we got to grade five via um, jumping wins obviously now if it was the new grade change system um, we definitely wouldn't be definitely would have been the grade we were in we had hardly any consistency when it came to contacts um, but yeah, so just make sure when you first start competing, you're very clear to your dog what is acceptable and what isn't. So if you've got stop contacts, make sure you get them to stop. It's difficult when you first begin because obviously you're stressing or you're very excited and you know it's all new and overwhelming. And you can forget in the moment, that's quite common. But yeah, things like your start line, your contacts, your weaves, everything, 
try and be as consistent as you can because as I say if you aren't you will pay for it for the rest of your career um, competing. Darcy was a fantastic agility dog but her contacts are really what held us back. We had very very little um, clears in agility but ironically she had plenty in team events so things like um, the Open Dual Agility Championships and when we did the Nations Cup she had great consistency then when it was a team event but when it was our event <laughs> we um, we always seemed to struggle with it so she did have stop contacts but um, Darcy would sometimes think in the moment it was a running contact that didn't miss that didn't hit the plank sorry so yeah basically try and give yourself the gift of, of being consistent because it's going to pay off long term my trainers always remind me and I still have these moments rain um, I was trying to get out of that bad habit because with rain I again just getting excited again in that bubble of beginning competing and, and getting a little bit more kind of excitement and and experience in the ring you, you want to push a little bit more and really what I should be doing is solidifying with him exactly what I need from him in the ring when it comes to his contacts and whatnot and hopefully that'll help me in the long run so yeah just be aware you know in the moment it's very easy to kind of get ahead and, and be thinking of that win but you're more likely to get more wins in the future if you are consistent from the get-go so that's the first lesson I learned with Darcy and a very important one um, which is why we, we started with it and the second um, lesson I learned from Darcy was Essentially, the dog you have in training isn't going to be the same dog you get in competition. And with Darcy, that came out in terms of her reward system. So Darcy was always really excited to play, loved to tug toy um, as her reward in training and at like our club and, and things like that. But when it came to competing, she did, I, I could probably name, I think, on two separate occasions she ever tugged after a run or before. She never would kind of entertain, if you like. <laughs> so, and she would never kind of entertain the toy in a competition environment. It was really odd. So that took some getting used to, especially for me being a beginner and not knowing how to spot on that. So Darcy always used treats. And to be fair with her, she was really good because she still gave the same effort for treats as she would for a toy. Rain, however, is a little bit different to that. Rain, he, I would say he's a lot better when he's working for a toy. He's a lot quicker, a lot more motivated than when he's working for food. I always find food makes him think a bit more. Like toys just make them let, let themselves go a little bit and give you that kind of wild, crazy side a bit more. But yeah, so Darcy definitely was different in that sense. She's probably a little bit more um, pushy as well in competition. So compared to in training, she was a bit bit better at listening to instructions and taking my instructions on. But when it came to competing, she found it very uh, exciting. High arousal levels, all that kind of mixture in there um, resulted in having a dog that wasn't quite as good at listening to me in the ring as she was at home. So that was a learning curve as well, learning to handle her a little bit better I had to be a lot clearer and a lot louder I'm quite a quiet handler I think when it comes to running my dogs I tend to be a lot quieter in terms of shouting I've not really got a shouting voice and something I need to work on don't get me wrong but 
I definitely think with her, my dad used to tell me all the time, you need to tell her because he couldn't even hear me. So how was she supposed to hear me <laughs> while she's running around? She would also bark the whole way around in competition. No matter what, she would bark the whole way around. And it came, it became more of a background noise for me. I didn't really tend to hear it that much. But yeah, I definitely think for her, she was a lot different in terms of competing versus training sorry so I would say try and prepare yourself for that your dog's not going to be exactly the same and if you've just started competing it can throw you off a little bit it's not the end of the world though they do get through it generally with time consistency it might be worth looking you know if you find that they're struggling with nerves I did I, I did a podcast on human nerves but I'm going to do something on dog nerves in the future but the human nerves will kind of touch on how we affect the dogs as well especially when you start competing because it is daunting um, and it's quite easy to make mistakes in the beginning so don't kid yourself if you make any mistakes or anything but yeah hopefully that will help too so another lesson that I learned with Darcy is that relationship is key I was very fortunate with Darcy we had a really good bond and because she was my first agility dog as well as being an only dog for the first time um, compared to my current dogs who have always been in a multi-dog household Darcy had my entire attention so that meant we had a lot I would say we had a better bond because we had more one-on-one time together than my current dogs get obviously and I found it really helped our our competing relationship having a great relationship to begin with so I definitely you know agility is brilliant and this might help people who aren't using their first agility dog but you know you might be on to your third or fourth but I definitely put a focus on relationship because at the end of the day when you're in a ring you've not got a toy on you you've not got any treats on you you're purely relying on that dog wanting to work for you so if you've got a good relationship it's going to reflect in the ring basically and don't get me wrong it's something I struggle with rain and in terms of our bond and our kind of focus on one another in the ring it's got a lot better but when we lost Darcy it really affected us and as I say it it definitely should and I think it's easily improved because we've spent more time working on relationship away from agility so I definitely think it's worth mentioning obviously as I say keeping an eye on your relationship with your dog and trying to make it as good and positive and worthwhile for them as possible because it definitely shows when it comes to being in the ring and as I say Darcy was um, my best friend she was outside the ring she was my best friend and I'd say in terms of like a platonic soulmate if you like she was she was without a doubt that for me so that's why I, I'd, I'd put a lot of our success down to that because she wanted to do it with me and we worked as a team and there's nothing worse than kind of feeling like you're battling your dog in the ring I had it with rain when we first started as I say I've got no kind of no shame in admitting we had a really bad not a bad relationship but we just lacked relationship when we first started and that, a lot of that was down to obviously the circumstances which I'll discuss in a second about when we lost Darcy how it affected both of us quite a lot so so yeah so relationship is very much key and hopefully that will help you a lot in terms of progressing and becoming a better partnership as you go through your competing journey. In a roundabout way, I think that last point kind of leads us round to the next one, which is when you try, when you start to get wrapped up, sorry, in the dizzy heights of agility, which is very easy to happen. Just remember where you started and 
why you started agility. So for me, as I got further on and when I was looking towards the junior team GB process specifically, I found I was getting so excited to spend more time kind of concentrating on what we could do and, and you know, spending time with my friends and things like that, which is quite common, you know, it's going to happen, you're, you're going to get wrapped up in everything um, if, if you do get really into competing, it, it happens and it's wonderful, I love agility and part of what I love about it is the people that I get to meet at shows and my friends and spending time with them all and my dog, but one thing my dad kind of brought home for me was when I was doing the junior team, junior team GB tryout, sorry. I'd obviously got really excited seeing lots of friends around. It was winter time, so not seeing them in a couple of months. And he obviously wanted to spectate and, and all of that, but my dad made it kind of reminded me, sorry, that Darcy was a type of dog who needed to spend time with me and me being away for her for long periods during the day wasn't something that worked for her as an individual so you know each dog's different don't get me wrong but especially for that first agility dog who's not used to that kind of world of agility my other dogs have grown up like it they're used to kind of chilling out in the van and you know I don't leave them for long periods they get you know they might be left for an hour and then brought out again things like that but when you're obviously competing multiple dogs it's very easy um sorry when you're competing multiple dogs it's much easier if you've got dogs that will settle in the back of the van together and they'll be nice and calm and they're used to it but with Darcy she she hadn't had that beginning so for her it was very new and I think what really benefited like I say what my dad was trying to drill into me was she needs you to spend more time with her before going into the ring and that way you'll have a better agility round and um, to be fair he was right <laughs> I don't give my dad much credit when it comes to dog training advice if you like or agility advice but he was very much right in that occasion and he pointed it out and I needed him to point it out rather than me figure it out for myself because I wasn't going to figure it out for myself but it's very easy like I say when you get into the dizzy heights of agility to sort of forget why I started and I started because I wanted to spend more time with my dog and Darcy does agility she, she loved agility and don't get me wrong she probably would have done it all day if it was for just for her but for me I started it with her because it was something we both enjoyed doing together and we loved training tricks and things like that so when it came to competing I needed to kind of remember that fact you know it's not just for me Darcy you know Darcy loves it too and I need to make the experience more enjoyable for her as well so I definitely think as I say try and remember you know you're doing it for your dog at the end of the day we all start it for the dogs and it's very easy to have those personal goals it's good to have personal goals and stuff but just remember obviously the dogs are the most important so try and when you're having a bad day even and you think oh, we can't get anything right and we're not getting any clears and we keep messing up our weaves or anything like that your dog your dog doesn't understand that you know the the there's no point getting upset with yourself or the dog. Um, I'm a big advocate of, um, I heard this on Kale McCann's podcast and it was the pity barn um, or in our in our country we would say a pity party. So she teams up with a friend and what she does is she will go off when she's had a bad run and have a moment to herself and her friend will hold a dog. The dog doesn't have a clue that she's upset but the dog obviously gets the reward and everything and she can go and be kind of 
reflective and feel those you know feel those feelings because agility is intense when it comes to you know feelings we get very passionate about it so um I thought that was a really good way of managing that and as I say the dogs don't know what's happening so it's important we don't let them feel it because again that really affects them long term rain would be the type if he if I came out really disappointed every run I, w- I probably won't get him to run in a ring because at the end of the day he's doing agility at the minute a lot more for me than he is for himself he loves agility don't get me wrong but competing wise he, he could live without competing so could I mean I say so could I I love to compete and I love to see my friends and stuff and I love to do new things but going back to the topic Rain could live without competing. He could live without agility quite easily. It's something that I add to his life as an extra. So I need to remember that. You know, it's for him that I do it. And I do it for myself, obviously, as well. Because I like to see my friends. And I like to compete. It's, I enjoy doing it. But it's for him. So I definitely think that's an important lesson to kind of remind ourselves of sometimes. And another thing is that your first dog will forgive your mistakes. And... I think it's just important to learn to appreciate them even more for that fact because you're learning at the same time and they're learning too so they're going to be a lot more forgiving and like I say I think I've said it before I'm so glad I got rain when I did and I got Darcy when I did because having Darcy first prepped me for being a better handler for rain and Darcy by all means she probably could have been a far better agility dog had she been my third or fourth agility dog but she wasn't and I'm glad she was my first because she taught me so much and she was definitely the most forgiving dog because she loved agility she had so much drive for it and it made my life a lot easier because when I made mistakes it didn't affect her so it made me a better handler and a better trainer for my next ones and the last kind of lesson I learned with Darcy which I don't want to finish it on a bad note so I'll probably have a chat a longer chat about this but um you never know when your last agility run will be last and for me it's really close to home that fact and I'll try not to get upset (laughs) but with Darcy I lost her very prematurely so Darcy was I'm trying to think it was 2020 so she was six years old she just turned six years old she was a very fit healthy dog she'd never really had any health issues she was you know she had a couple of ear infections as a youngster but that was down to diet and um she was a picky eater that was one thing that was a bit of an issue but she would eat still so she you know she was a good weight she she was fit as a fiddle she was a really good agility dog and suddenly she out of nowhere we'd been training on the Saturday morning by the Saturday night she was really lethargic really tired and not a normal self so Sunday morning we rushed her to the emergency vets and before I knew it the next day she was being rushed to a specialist um, about an hour away from us and only two days later from obviously the Saturday to the Wednesday I lost her and she was a six-year-old fit healthy agility dog and I'm, I'm not doing this to scare I'm not saying this sharing this sorry to scare anyone but I just think it's really important to appreciate everyone you've got and like I say with Darcy it was so quick that with, with my dogs now I just enjoy training them and everything about them and I try to let the little things go sometimes you know you might have a bad session but at the end of the day you've got your dog there with you still and I think that's 
it's really easy when you're doing agility to get wrapped up in the little things and I did it I you know I still have those moments um but you never know when your last you know you never know when your last train session or your last competition will be so so yeah so just to give some backstory with Darcy if you've never heard of of what happened with Darcy she was um as I say she'd gone downhill really quickly she was diagnosed with I think it's IMHA oh I've said it in the wrong order but um autoimmune hemolytic anemia I think it was um autoimmune hemolytic anemia anyways she had a really bad anemia and it was very quickly that I took over her body and she just shut down so she'd had a blood transfusion on the Tuesday she'd been obviously rushed as emergency um specialist on the Monday and the Monday was the last day I ever saw her the last memory I have of her is waddling into um this vet's and she was looking over her shoulder and she was so peaceful though that's that's the weirdest part about it with her she was so peaceful in like all my last memories of her that last day I spent last morning I spent with her she was quiet which she was never really quiet but she she didn't seem like she was in pain and yeah so anyway so the Tuesday she'd had a blood transfusion to try and bulk up her I think it's white blood cells I have to double check um, I'm not very kind of scientific and it was two years ago so I'm trying to remember but yeah so she'd had a blood transfusion which had gone well and then when they'd gone to do the CT scan to try and find what was causing the anemia she crashed under the anaesthetic and they managed to bring her around but unfortunately she wasn't she wasn't there bless her anymore she she'd had a really bad crash and she'd obviously been clinically um Un- well unconscious slash dead for a couple of seconds before they brought her back round um, so yeah so Darcy wasn't in a great state and by the Wednesday unfortunately we had to make the decision to let her go and without a doubt it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do but I did it for her because it w- just wasn't fair it wasn't fair to try and keep her the way she was and the vets weren't hopeful in terms of her prognosis and she was a fit healthy agility dog so it really kind of shocked me it to, to lose her so quickly and so suddenly and I know I talk about it a lot I talk about Darcy all the time and I'm sure for other people it maybe it comes across as kind of you know I've never got over it but I, I don't think you do I don't think you ever will when it comes to losing a dog and especially when you lose a young dog and um so yeah it's one of the biggest grieving well it was the first it was the first thing I've ever grieved properly the first kind of loss I've had as an adult so it was really really hard for me in the first few months and I'm not I don't want a sorry or pity party or anything like that and I just kind of like to share my experiences in the hopes that anyone else going through it can feel a bit kind of supported but yeah so going back to the general thing the general consensus of, of this point is you know you don't know when your last moments are going to be with that dog and Darcy I cherish every you know every moment I spent with her six years was we packed so much into those six years I can't even believe it and she was a most phenomenal agility dog I could have ever dreamt of having as my first agility dog but it did like bring to home for me how important every moment I have with them and I I make sure my dogs feel like they're on top of the world when I come out of a ring 
sometimes you know sometimes I'm not gonna be as enthusiastic I might be having a bad day but I still make sure they have the best experience when they're getting rewarded you know they know they've done their job and they've had a great time doing it and I wouldn't do agility if they didn't want to do it so so yeah so Darcy I was very fortunate in terms of the timing so because Darcy so Darcy passed away during 2020 during Covid and she passed away in September so we moved slightly out of lockdown when it happened but I'd I was very fortunate in that I was in a position where I was off work for quite a long time so I had a lot of time to spend with her, quality time. Yeah, it could have been you know, our last season and we could have had a great season, don't get me wrong, because she was really coming to her own, but I also got a lot of quality time doing walks every day in the park and having so much fun with her, which was just as important. And her last ever competition run was at Crufts, so it was the Young Kennel Club pairs event and we ran with my friend Becca and her Labradoodle Millie who were known as the twins they were so similar so Darcy and Millie were always the kind of pairs we, we always did pairs together and yeah I'm so glad I got that as my last run with her because had I known that would have been my last run I probably would have been so emotional but we we finished on a high and I think you know in terms of last ever competing run I think that tops it for me and it you know it was as part of her career she loved competing at Crufts so it meant a lot to us both but yeah um I digress so as I say it's really important to sometimes just let the little things go because at the end of the day you never know what's around the corner and you know something could happen like for example with Darcy I had no idea it was coming it was completely out of the blue so from now on, from then on, I've always appreciated every moment with my dogs and I hope it kind of helps you feel the same too. And as I say, it's very easy to get wrapped up in agility, don't get me wrong, I've done it too. But I think when we really look at why we started agility, it was for the dogs. So, But yeah, I hope this has been an interesting podcast. As I say, I really wanted to do something that was about Darcy, so I'm sorry I've kind of blabbered on a bit about myself me myself and I feel like um it as I say it it was something that I've always wanted to do and when I started this podcast I wanted to be, to be quite true to sort of what I wanted to share and for me it's a way of expressing kind of my feelings and what you know what thoughts I have on agility and if anyone listens to this thank you for getting this far <laughs> as I say I've blabbered on a lot about myself which um, I appreciate is not the most fun in the world to listen to sometimes but I hope I've made it interesting as I can for you guys to listen to and we have lots of exciting group well, I say group um, guest podcasts on the horizon so keep an eye out for this I have been contacting some fantastic guests podcast stars if you like and hopefully we'll have some really exciting topics to come that'll be very useful for everyone again if there's anything you can think of that you would like included always message me my dms on instagram and facebook are always open so yeah i'm always happy to take on suggestions i have a couple of suggestions already that i'm going to try and cover at some point this was one i think that was actually suggested about first agility dogs and I've really enjoyed kind of covering it so I hope it's been somewhat useful 
If you're on the way to a show or on the way to training, I hope you have a great time and have a great week. Thank you for listening, guys, and take care. Bye-bye.